0: Welcome to Bottomless Rugby, the home of boys, brews and sports balls. This is the main event hosted by Dr. Dupin Kaya. We touch on the hot topic of the week, hear from the man on the street and pick up boykie of the week. If you are a new listener, welcome to the Bottomless Rugby Network, multiple podcasts released every week. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services. Let's get into it. Sup Kaya, how are you doing
1: my brew? Good, bro. I have a bit of coffee in my hand. We finally have an attempt at rain here in PE which is good. Um, but otherwise you're it's the perfect weather to lie in bed all day and watch some like Netflix or something. But unfortunately, a man's got responsibilities. Got to pay bills.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know that feels, um, for sure. Absolutely loving the rain, um, but hating the cold. Um, I'm not a fan. Um, I, I definitely do want to just spend my time in bed, watch some Netflix. There's a lot of stuff I want to watch. Um, Another cool sport dockey that came out recently is uh, Home Game. I don't know if you've checked yes. it out. Uh, it seems pretty, pretty cool. They, yeah. yeah, so just go watch the first episode. For all all the rugby people out there, you only need to go and watch the first episode. They talk about uh, Calcico, which is um rugby without rules. It's been done in Italy for like 400 years or something. Like ridiculously mm. long time. Maybe even longer. That's I don't, brutal, I don't fully remember now. Absolutely brutal! Um, interesting concept of the game. I mean, th- this is like full punch ups wrestling, guys. Hectic stuff happens. It looks like the ultimate manly sport. Um, and and guys go through the worst. So it, it's it's quite interesting to check it out because it is essentially just rugby without rules.
1: Yeah, I watched a little bit, and I was like, Yeah, I wouldn't want to play here. I'd watch, but I wouldn't play. I'm mocking myself. I feel like you basically haven't you game beaten up every time. Would you try it once? Not even once. I know my limits. <laughs> like I can't just get. Like, think about me. Like I can't just get angry at someone or, or like get into that zone easily. So it's like <laughs> it, to just try. I would have to obviously like try to consistently, or I'd have to have like a sports site that's working with me, to, just so I can try find that zone.
0: Yeah, I think I think I would have been tempted to try it at least once. But I think you know, the first time someone just takes me properly, I'd be like, no, I'm done with this. Like, <laughs> 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 like, I don't, I don't think my fight, my fighting abilities at level wrestling. I'm not too bad. I, th- I think I could, you know, take someone down the ground and and yeah. kind of keep them there. But if if someone you know squares up and and they got some skills, and they <laughs> land one, uh, it might be late for me. You know,
1: you might go. Wasn't Wilder style, bro? Be
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I'm too big to be one of those guys that's gonna run the ball, like I'm gonna have yeah. to be in the front and <laughs> and clear the path. you know I have no choice
1: <laughs> one man getting beaten up the whole game <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh let's let's have a check in for this past weekend's matches so first off um the big big thing to talk about in this past weekend's matches and it absolutely it was frustrating right so that rebels (laughs) versus reds match which was a draw right so rugby australia has this brilliant idea to introduce uh super time which coincidentally wasn't super at all this past game (laughs) and The idea is that, okay, you want to get a result, a non-draw result, right? That's the idea of this. Am I wrong? It's similar to what the NFL does. Exactly, right? So, Kaya, please tell me, like, what is the purpose of having this super time that is a golden point? If anyone scores, they win, right? And after the time, you still have a draw. Like, what is the point of super time then? (laughs) The thing which is weird for me about super time is you had 10 minutes. Are you telling me not a single player could drop kick? We didn't see a single drop attempt. In all fairness, the Reds did try a long-range penalty, and yeah. they were pretty close. Um, but in that second half of the super time as well, I think they tried it again, or was it the Fours who tried one? But it just looked like no one got close enough to even try the drop goal. Like yeah. it, it was just weird. Like I was not convinced, you know, that someone's going to score. I did think, okay, maybe maybe the Reds are going to, you know. 'Cause they did have a bit more momentum at the end of the game and I thought, okay, sure. you know, if they draw this, they go over, the momentum is with them, maybe they can do it. I did think that long range penalty was their shot. I even tweeted out, like, you gotta go for it. You have to go for it. You know? Sure. And then they missed it and after that it just looked like neither of the teams could do anything. So it really made me wonder, like, what is the point of this?
1: I mean Tamura said it a good thing. He was like he just felt he basically he said both teams were like playing like they didn't want to lose, rather than actually try and go for the win, because yeah, I think it basically stagnated in the like if you have ten minutes, it doesn't it shouldn't take you that long to get into the other twenty two and go and just step back and drop. So I can't understand how they just couldn't is or their attacks that blunt that they couldn't break any lines and they were stuck between the two tens.
0: Look, we have to remember something very important here, Kaya. Uh, this is Australian rugby. And if you add (laughs) rain to that, (laughs) sprinkle some water to that, (laughs) and and you just have a mess. You know, it's... But that was so
1: terrible. I mean, it's like, you have a simple... Like, isn't there planning for this? Like, all the New Zealand teams in week one and two showed us they could dropkick. So they sat doing practices, working on something they haven't had to work on before. Are you telling me that both teams... Like, I don't know if you've read Clive Woodward's book um, on how they prepared for the World Cup.
0: I have not read his book.
1: He gives, like... The, the, the structure they used for Johnny Wilkinson to drop was something they'd been planning for two years. And they, the exact way that they racked and everything so that it, you could be in the optimal position. That was all planned out. Are you telling me these guys could not do a sm- simple practice during the week where they could plan out, okay, if we do end up in this scenario... How do we go ahead?
0: I don't think any of them planned to do a drop. Uh, that much is clear. Um, which does make me think that, okay, did these guys not think that they might be in tight games? Uh, potentially no. draws on the card. Maybe some super time might come into play. You have this rule now. You know, it's golden point. No. Um, you just got to get a point and you win. Finish and klar. You know, so... New Zealand showed us that they expected we are going to have really tough games. It's derby games. The data shows that derby games are tightly contested. They expected tight games, and all of a sudden, round one, round two, we saw drop kicks coming from New Zealand. And like what, you know? And it just shows that they learned from when you know we played them, South Africa, when when we went to go draw their um, and then we won one of the games in the last couple of years that we played against them, you know, where the dropkick was the difference. Yeah. So clearly, New Zealand learned and they're implementing this stuff. They are going to be better at international level because their players are doing it in the competition.
1: I'm saying, yeah. Australia has, like, no, there's no imagination. Like, it's so scary that both teams have, like, their national team backlines and there was, like, no imagination.
0: It's not. It's not like those teams... Are bad teams, but you know, it it just it looks so terrible. In week one, both these teams played very well. Now they now they play each other in week two. There's a bit of rain and all of a sudden they can't do anything. But that's not the worst thing, dude. How does a professional like these guys are professionals, you know, essentially international level? Right? How do you have a match where there's eleven lineouts that is lost? (laughs) And there's no Dane calls. No Dane calls. Like, I could not believe it. Within the first 10 minutes, both teams were on each other's five-meter line. All they had to do was just catch the line out, set up the mall, potentially score a try. Both of them couldn't retain possession.
1: Bro, at a 14-E level, you, or F, or I don't care how low, whatever school you're in, goes down to. If it's raining, you know to throw two-ball. How could professionals not figure that out?
0: Yeah, I mean, just keep it simple. You know, even if they know you're going to go for two ball, like, you have the initiative. They have to react. You know, that two ball, you should still get nine times out of ten, and you're not going to have, like, 20-something lineouts where you're going to lose that many. Like, even if you have 20 lineouts, you'd only expect to maybe lose two of them. Not 11 in a full match. I couldn't believe this. It was so painful to watch that game. I really wanted to just put the TV off. 20 minutes in... I was sitting there, this game is so slow, it is so scrappy, they can't even do the basic line-out, you know, it doesn't look like they were adjusting for this, yeah. and then the bigger problem with that was that not only do they see, okay, both teams are really struggling with the line-out, but they get penalties that are kickable, and they still opted to go for the line-out, <laughs> you know, in rain, but you're already seeing your line-outs not working, Right. Honestly, if the Rebels took the points, like, if both teams kicked the penalties, right, and let's assume that they kicked them over, the Rebels would have won this game, right? They let more chances go than the Reds. And this was going to be a tight game, it was going to be close. I was so tempted to go for a draw on Superbrew, but then I decided to just go Rebels by one, because I was like, I'm really thinking that the home home team will probably take this. I was super bummed not not to take the draw, because I would have had a GSP, uh I was like solid with the rest of them. Uh but the rest of the matches were pretty predictable. But yeah. Let's let's leave, you know, that diabolical match behind us and let's go on to the game of the weekend. Crusaders Blues. Uh Kaya, take us through this one. What was your thoughts?
1: I really enjoyed watching this one. I especially was up and ready, had my coffee, didn't have pancakes unfortunately. But um <laughs> like I was low for the first half, I think. So I, I was like turn the game on and then doom, nothing. For an hour. But I watched it a bit later and the blues really had the Crusaders down. They they were actually in control of the game for for until I think the first 20 minutes there there was like basically it was all it was pretty solid, like both sides. Then the Blues took control. And then after half time they were still in control, which is rare really against the Crusaders. Yeah, it took one moment, Brayden in or blocking a kick, and then it, the whole game seems to have shifted immediately on that moment. And then Mawonga did the kick of the the, the cheekiest kickoff of all time, where clearly everybody was sleeping, and boom, a yeah. uh, Foster. Ironically, if he had been if he had Bowden Batsby, that would have been a try. <laughs> but...
0: Oh, for sure. I, I only caught the last twenty minutes of that game because of load cheating. Um, I didn't have the time to go watch the full thing, so I just watched the highlights. Um, yeah. But when I switched it on, you know, because I, I was seeing Jason p- put the notifications in the group. I was like, okay, Blues are looking good. Seems like Blues have control of this game. Yeah. Power comes on, uh, put the TV on, catch the last 20 minutes, and all I see is the Crusaders like taking this game yeah. away from the Blues. <laughs> so to me, it felt like okay, like, what, what were the Blues really in control? Because I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but at that last 20, you, you really just saw the Crusaders had a plan. They didn't look panicked at all. They knew what they needed to do. You know, they've done it so many times. And I think now it takes their home winning streak to, like, what, 35 or 36 matches.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, They haven't lost at home for, like, over four years. It's just absolutely ridiculous. It raises one question, though, and I saw this with, with the Blues particularly.
1: Monga is clearly the best the person playing at fly-off in New Zealand at the moment. Yes. The Blues, I don't know why they didn't think of switching to Bowden, at ten at some point. Well, especially when they saw the game was getting away from them, because O'Tara is not the type of guy who seems to be do well when you're chasing a game, and he seems well. He seems like a good game manager, but doesn't seem like a very good, like let's run off this and try to chase after Because I've never seen him like run at the
0: line. Maybe, maybe they should have just played Carter. You know. I mean, what, we're five weeks in and still no Carter? We have three games left. I think we're only going to see him for one game. Like, now, now I'm convinced. I was convinced this is the game to bring Carter back. Even if you bring him on the bench, you know? Yeah. He, he could have... Once the Blues... You know, like, let's say after that charge down, you know, yeah. you see the momentum suddenly shifts. You bring Carter on. Like, this is, this is such a veteran. He knows how to control a game. Knows how to slow things down when you need to slow it down. He understands the Crusader systems as well, you know. Yeah. He would. It would have been a good option. Um. But yeah, I think. I think this basically just sealed the deal. Crusaders have just won the comp. Um, yeah. Because now, now they're quite far ahead. They've beaten everyone else. Now we're gonna go into you know the second round of fixtures that everyone's gonna play each other. Uh. I. I still think it's only the Blues that have a shot at taking them but it's late. Even if the Blues go win that game at the end, the Crusaders might already have clinched it. Because they play the final game. Like, they play again in the final round. Yeah. So, you know, it would be epic if something happens down the line, Crusaders lose a match against someone, yeah. and then, you know, it sets up for this to be the deciding match. That would be ideal for the competition. But yeah. I don't think it's going to happen.
1: I don't think anyone can. And, and and one final thought. Will Jordan. That guy just can't stop scoring, bro.
0: So good. Where, where did they find these guys?
1: The Crusaders can't even pick a back three at the moment.
0: Never mind. They can't. Never mind picking a back three for New Zealand. Yeah. But let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, let's just quickly touch on the other two. Uh, so Waratahs beat the Force, twenty-three fourteen.
1: I don't didn't watch that game at all. So yeah, no
0: comment. Right. Uh, I, I I was working at that time. I went to go watch the highlights, and Force looked pretty solid. Uh, but. Yeah, Waratahs came back in the second half. Um, I mean, the result was expected. We did think the, the Waratahs were going to take it. Um, 88% of um, SuperBrew like correctly predicted this one, uh, so it shows you that it's a one like at, at least the result was expected. But I think the Force, like they look good. It doesn't look yeah. like they they can't compete at this level. So I'm going to be interested to see how they do in that competition.
1: They just added a 34-year-old. Richard Kahui today. He's finished his quarantine, so that should be fun.
0: That should be fun. All right, and then the other New Zealand game, the one you covered, uh, Hurricanes-Highlanders, tight game, 17-11. This is also a predictable result. 87% of Super Brew picked this one.
1: It took 20-something minutes for the first points in this game. It was super tight. And then I just think it came down to the fact that Highlanders, Hurricanes got ahead, but Highlanders didn't go for poles Early on. And then at the end, when they were chasing the game, they suddenly had a decision like with five minutes left to either try to go for a try or go for poles and then do, it for, do one or the other from the kickoff. So they chose poles and then try to go for the try. And that didn't
0: work out. But nonetheless, I think it was a pretty, pretty decent weekend of rugby. We
1: did get one Laomapo versus Shannon Frizzell crime, which was epic.
0: I did not see that.
1: Because so it wasn't part of any other major moment, so it was just them two.
0: Ah, damn it! But all righty, let's move on from the matches and go into our hot topic of the week. All right, so we've got to wing this one a little bit because um, this this just kind of happened. Um, but we know there's been a lot of talk about Sanzo and. Uh, New Zealand rugby, uh, rugby Australia, uh, what they're gonna do moving forward? Um, you know, during this pandemic, it's a rugby can't do anything. So we're just sitting here looking at this go down. It se- yes. it seems like the decisions about sons are gonna come from Australia, New Zealand. That that's what it looks like to me.
1: I feel like we already made our decision like years ago because we wanted to go somewhere else as it was.
0: Yeah, all of this stuff is really making me think that maybe we are gonna head north. Um, this thing is gonna gonna split up. You know, and and for logical reasons, you can understand why it would be better for Australia and New Zealand to rather do something than us because of the logistics, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and then the recent talks of um, you know, an expanded Pro 14, which would become a Pro eighteen, you know, with the inclusion of four SA sites. So all of this is making me think that, all right, it it looks like this is gaining traction and we might be going in that direction. Um, But, yeah, so this week we saw that uh, the relationship between New Zealand rugby and Australia rugby is is a bit rocky and, uh, you know, there might be a bit of a divorce going on there. Uh, People are not happy with each other. Uh, People are being very vocal about their opinions. One being, um, you know... Uh, Steve. What's? Oh, why am I his name now? <laughs> Steve Hansen. <laughs> Love Steve Hansen. He's never been afraid to speak his mind, and he just straight up, uh, said, "Yeah, we don't owe Australia rugby anything," which I think <laughs> is the right attitude to take.
1: I think easily they've
0: done so much to develop Australian rugby.
1: They give them a chance to play against them annually, and I mean. What, 17 years in Bledsoe and nothing? Nothing. 17 in a row, come on.
0: Nothing. Right, and if you also just look at it from um, the super rugby perspective, right? So, New Zealand can field five teams. Solid, solid teams. How many can Australia field? Two, maybe three.
1: No, I think it's two. You're right. (laughs) Like, three seems to be a stretch at the moment.
0: The three is the maybe. If you were to take, you know, because because you would realistically have what? So you'd, you'd have the Brumbies, and then like who are you gonna have after that? P- probably, you know, you in recent years, the
1: Force and the Rebels.
0: Um, yeah, you're, you're gonna have to mash mash those together and mash the other two together. You know, hmm. uh, that's the only way I can see you putting together like three competitive teams. So. In this regard, all right. New Zealand's going to put five in Australia, two maybe three, but Australia doesn't seem happy about it. They they just feel no, we should have our five teams competing in this thing as well. But how much is it really going to help? Because the issue I have now is that we're in a position where you need to prioritize quality over quantity, you know, And, and. you kind of got to make it smaller you have to think about the product you got to put on the tv like is it going to benefit rugby australia if they have you know one of their weakest teams let's say like the waratahs like they've been performing poor over the last couple of years right if they're going to go every time they play a new zealand team they lose or even worse every time an australian team plays a new zealand team they're likely going to lose maybe the brumbies at home might stand a chance how much does that benefit your rugby? Not because you need to draw crowds like this this is a money issue more than it is a development issue at the moment in my view. I mean they turn to just like have
1: games on t v whereas New Zealand's thinking long term development, and like it the only reason I think New Zealand wants it is because they've seen that the bruise, the brutal physical nature of playing New Zealand teams all every week isn't good for their players. So, they do want slightly less physical games, which tend to be the games against Australia. But Australia, I think, wants too much power when it doesn't offer anything. So, in terms of crowds, I think they were off. There was a game two weeks ago where they opened up for people to come to the stadium, and less than a third of their amount of seats that were allowed with social distancing were filled up. People mm. said just don't care about Rugby Union. And they're not no. going to as long as they suck, so if they rather put on a quality product and instead of having so like we see with the with rep U, with this rep AU tournament, they don't have enough quality across five teams
0: The difference in quality between the Australian franchises and the New Zealand franchises is worlds apart yeah right and It sucks for them that they had this Rebels-Reds game that went down on the Friday. And the next match you had to watch was probably the game in Super Rugby New Zealand that went down. Like the top two teams and the quality was just there to see. It just, you can't compare. You just cannot compare. You know that the Rebels and the Reds are going to lose to either the Blues or the Crusaders 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I have no doubt. I would put my money on them every single time. That is the difference between the two. So the question is, right, how much leverage does Rugby Australia actually have? And it seems that they don't have a lot of leverage, but they believe they do. Yeah. And that's why I think Anson was straight up correct when he just said, like, hey, we don't owe you anything, right? Mm. Which is right. I wish SA Rugby... Had taken that stance years before telling people, we don't owe you anything, hmm. you know, kind of take control. Cause we were always like, we are actually in a position of power in terms of the Sanzar agreement, because we bring in most of the revenue and have been bringing in most of the revenue. Yeah. We were never willing to, to basically call them out and be like, yo, like, um, we in the position here, yeah? if you don't kind of follow us, we're going to take our bags and go, you know? Yeah. I think that's what we we need to do because,
1: like, logically, it makes more sense for us to play the Northern Hemisphere teams just in terms of time zones, and I think that's always been the. A part of me always thinks that the Pro Twelve, the Pro Fourteen thing, was a test to see if two South teams could actually play and it wouldn't make much of a travel travel issue. And having seen that, that's not a problem, and that it's actually easier on them, it's just become the, lo- the logical choice long-term, and if we can work out an agreement with the European Unions to play in the European Champions Cup, that would be even better. Can you imagine a proper 2 versus either Sharks or
0: the Stormers in your Final Four franchises and how fun that could be? As a South African fan, I think that would be a lot of fun. I'm more and more leaning towards that idea simply because, you know... I've kind of gotten tired of the super rugby thing and and it's yeah. partly or mainly due because they tweaked the format too much, they diluted the strength and mm. you know once that happened, people didn't come into the stadiums, revenues went down, and unions were no longer in a position to actually offer good contracts, right That's sort of the end result of what they were doing, like yeah the sun is partly responsible for the player drain, you know. So I just feel like we might as well just go north. Uh, players might feel that, all right, I'm gonna go play in a different market now. I might as well stay at home. I get to travel to the UK yeah. and Europe once every two weeks for two weeks. You know, there's gonna be a lot of traveling, but it's a 12-hour flight to London, for example. You know, mm. straight. That's it. You gotta go to New Zealand, Australia. Like you're gonna take a direct flight. It's a long flight. And you're going through time zones. You're going through, what, yeah. nine time zones to get to Australia. I think it's 11, 10 or 11 to New Zealand. You never recover in time. Right. That is, that is a big issue. So, I mean, logistically, it makes sense. I think it would be less of a strain on our players. Um, and it would be fresh. Like, I feel with this pandemic now, like, let's hit the reset button. Let's try out something new. Like, at this point, yeah. I feel like there really isn't anything to lose for anyone at this point. Um, I would just hope that, you know, they're in the North, Northern Hemisphere, the guys are a bit more open to change, but it doesn't yeah. seem like that. I don't think the Premiership is going to be keen to open up. I think that's the comp that we really should get into. Because mm-hmm. um, the Pro Pro 14 is kind of taking the second backseat um, with the Premiership. Premiership is the real comp. And then we got to get into the, uh, the European champs. Mm-hmm. right? So there has to be some negotiation for that and i feel that if that negotiation goes well with um saru and the northern hemisphere right then we could be in a very powerful position to consider right all right Out, like what do you guys want to do right we think this we do have an alternative do you want to do business with us yes or no and you know then we at least can probably play a bigger role in the current negotiations because I feel like now this really just to me feels like it's a New Zealand Australia thing they're going to kind of decide and what's going to happen with SA Rugby because mm. it seems like we are just like we're in limbo we are completely in limbo we can't start up rugby I don't think we're even going to start to to get training going in August, no, I don't like, feel, that August luck. lucky. we are just we are starting to go into our peak I honestly can't yeah. see it happening. I think it was what Lions had four people within the organization test positive this week. Yeah. Uh, I think two of the players. I think it was one player. Uh, I think the Stormers as well. Someone tested positive now. So this is going to happen. I don't think we're going to we're going to play rugby anytime soon in SA. Yeah. So
1: yeah. we'll have to see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, we have something fun for next week though in terms of South Africa. Um, that we're keen for.
0: Yeah, so next week we're gonna we're gonna talk about this from a from essay perspective, um, what the options are for SA rugby. Um I mean, just briefly they are talking about we're gonna probably have like an expanded curry cup thing. We're gonna have to do that. I feel like yeah. we have to do our domestic thing, which is curry cup. I think it's cool. We're probably gonna have all our top players that are in the country available for that, which is fantastic. But then it's going to come to, like, um, international matches because I'm starting to worry that whether we would even be able to do some international type of game, which then begs the question, all right, like, what big, like, a marquee game are you going to put on to generate revenue? And the talk around the town is, you know, kind of flirting with a similar idea like they have in New Zealand and Australia about the state of origin game, uh, which for us is kind of the north versus south Um derby, you know, so that is an interesting idea. We're gonna we're gonna look into that next week, um, kind of come up with our own team selections based on specific criteria. I think it has huge potential. It sounds super exciting. I I think we should just do it. We might have an issue. I don't think we would get like our um overseas-based players back because it will likely be outside of the test window. Uh, so we kind of got to forget about that. It would have been really nice to get those big players back. Just don't think it's going to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Alrighty. So, any last words on the Sunsar relationship being on the rocks?
1: I uh, just say we need to leave. That's
0: it. Man, I- I'm tired of this. I'm just tired of this. Like, like I'm ready for a new relationship. You know. <laughs> Man's done. Oh. <laughs> I want someone who respects me for being me, you know <laughs> <laughs> righty, Oh, well, let's move on, let's move on to our boykey of the week righty kaya i'm I'm gonna let you handle this one you know uh even though even though he's my boykey. you know in general i'm I'm gonna let you take this one
1: <laughs> well. This was a fun weekend of uh, seeing a few little fun actions. Uh, stupid actions as well. But so we were talking about earlier how the Crusaders' blue game was on a knife edge. Rico only just scored a try. Braden Enor shows us that gas and he blocks Otero Black's very slow moving kick. I don't know how that man was moving that slow while kicking. Um, and then Richie Moonga gets the ball. And... Does all the usual like talking as if they're going to do a, a a deep kick. He looks up and he realizes that no, everyone's stood back from 10 meters. Because traditionally you have your hooker, your center stand closer. And he just grubs the ball through. Everyone seems to be shocked that he's done it. And he slides in and picks up the ball with what, just over the 10 meters? And then just breaks into yeah. the 22 and makes it, it, ends up like 10 meters out. Shocking everyone, making most of us realize we probably have never thought of that loophole in the rules. And (laughs) made me question how many other teams have never thought of this? And immediately, game changed. So Richie used all his brain power there to make sure that he took on everyone and snuck through. Now that's a boy key of the week. Our thinking the game, our thinking the entire other team, and then going to win the game.
0: I feel that that moment changed the momentum of the game and that is what brought the Crusaders uh, back to ultimately get them the, the W. Yeah. I think it was fantastic. Um, we see this sort of a thing uh, being done um, at like lower levels now and then, you know. Yeah. Um, simply because like lower levels um, like you don't sort of coach structure as much, kind of like just let the guys play. Um, whereas, you know, these professional setups, there's always a plan in place. Yeah, And this was a brilliant example of, uh, you know, I think this is where Scott Robinson's a really good coach because you can kind of see that, like, they have a plan, but he allows there to be randomness. Because yeah. you cannot plan for randomness. And this was the perfect timing to do something unexpected. And it yeah. worked. And, you know, for that, you got to give big ups to Richie, you know, um, to, to do that. Like, you recognize the situation. And he took full control of it, and that is ultimately what the game of rugby is all about. Rugby is not a collision sport, essentially. You know, like it's not about the collisions; it's about outthinking and outsmarting people. And you got to be awake. And the Blues were found wanting, so absolutely fantastic. He's the Boyke of the week. He's gonna have to go chow bench for us because we already, uh, you know, have got fun. got a fly off. Yeah. So Richie, but I mean, yeah, bringing Richie on is always gonna be. Gonna be good. Um. So he's in there. Um. I, I kind of put it like he's there for his sneaky antics. Yeah. Um. But yeah, well done, Richie. Uh. Definitely, definitely, like the moment of the weekend in 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 my view.
1: Yeah. No, he's doing well.
0: Yeah. And and this was also like at a crucial time because a couple of matches before this he hadn't really been performing at his best and you know it, it kind of did start the debate up of like alright who should go play 10 for New Zealand and it kind of brought in the, the Bowdoin conversation more for him playing at 10 and he just kind of liked this game he had a fantastic game and he could showed everyone like yo I'm still here and I'm still good Yeah, so fantastic well done Richie alright let's take a quick tap and take a quick look at our upcoming matches for this weekend so first up on friday uh, it's it's 11 o'clock kickoff we have the reds versus the force this is going to be at suncorp stadium uh i'm quite keen to see this i'm keen to see the force in action (laughs) i'm going to be covering this game um i just hope there isn't going to be any rain please no rain please like I cannot go through that game, that sort of a quality of a game again. Um, like I've I've already had to had to speak to Jason, and be like, man, like if I need some counselling, you gotta be there for me because this, this, this stuff can be hectic. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, what what do you think? Who, who you gonna back for this game? Reds or Force? Reds, but if Kahoo is there, I say draw. <laughs> I'm going Reds. I've got to stick to my plan. All right. Uh, Saturday, 9 o'clock, kickoff in the morning. We've got the Hurricanes versus the Blues. Uh, Sky Stadium, Wellington. Uh, how do you see that one going?
1: Actually, yeah, this could be interesting because I think it all depends on where Bowden plays. But I, I do think the Blues, the Blues, in theory, should win. But playing back at his old home should be fun.
0: I'm going to tip the blues. Uh, I just think that like, they probably as a team a bit better, although, you know, maybe the Hurricanes have finally started to figure things out. That is also, um... and also didn't, didn't the Hurricanes. Um, so they dropped God and and then they brought in. Fletcher
1: Smith who's a much better.
0: Right. So I think that might be a big, big factor, right? So that to me makes me think that, okay, this might be a tight game. Uh, it, it might be a fifty-fifty, but I, but I it's just nice to see the blues competitive again, you know, and that blues team is an exciting team to watch, so I'm kinda leaning towards that. Um okay, uh eleven fifteen on Saturday, we have the Waratahs versus Brumbies. Obvious. Uh destinate or the venue to be confirmed. Uh, how do you how do you see this one going?
1: Brumbies. Is there any other way this could go?
0: <laughs> no, Brumbies. <laughs> I I don't know if it's probably going to be double digits. It's probably going to be okay. double digits, and then Sunday we have your game that you're going to be covering. Uh, five thirty-five in the morning. Uh, Chiefs versus Highlanders. Um, I think this one might be tight. What do you think? Highlanders.
1: I really want Catlin to have a zero-eight season.
0: My bro, <laughs> I'm so with you. I'm so with you. I'm so bummed that last week I didn't go for um. Ugh, who were they playing last week? Um were they playing the uh, hurricanes i think it was yeah yeah yeah. two weeks ago yeah so that's the one where i said yeah i'd, I'd, I'd like gatlin to lose as well uh but then my super brew i still kind of back them because we're playing at home and i thought like they would but then yeah. they lost the game um so so i'm a little bit uh upset about my super brew there because i'm doing fairly really well for once so yeah uh, highlanders i hope highlanders can do this i'm all for team 08 gatland um let's let's make it happen guys come on highlanders like let's see if warren gatland can actually get fired for poor performance at super rugby all righty so with that let's wrap things up you can leave us a comment or voice message on Anchor tell us what you think about uh, the upcoming uh, games for this weekend Um, do you think the Chiefs are going to lose another one and uh, do you think that Warren Gatlin should get fired if uh, the Chiefs perform poorly you know (laughs) you know and and whether he should actually go and coach uh, the British Irish Lions right Uh, we also want to send a big shout out to all our favourite boikies keep on making rugby exciting for us this week our boiki Richie did a fantastic job of that shot man and then also, yeah, you guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the main event. Please consider following Bottomless Rugby on social media and podcast streaming services to stay up to date with the latest content. So until next week, stay away from your boys, wash your hands often, drink lots of water, and stay safe. That's all we Cheers. have now. It's all we got. That is all, especially here in SA. It's all we can do. We've got to play the game, guys. we got to play it smart. All right. Peace out. Cheers. Thank you.